Taking a few moments to establish yourself in your meditation posture. Collecting the attention within the body. Inhabiting the body with awareness. This meditation has three parts and you might find yourself relating more easily to one part or another. It's not important at all, that's completely fine. But before we start, just spending a few minutes calming, collecting the mind, the attention, whether it's with the breath or the metta, whatever works for you to unify a little bit mind and body.
beginning to tune <coughs> the attention into the hands, the way that the hands feel right now, the sensations that are present in your hands right now. Just bringing the attention there and seeing what you can feel in the hands. Connecting with those sensations. And then particularly tuning into their impermanence, their changing nature. They feel the sensations pulsing, throbbing, flickering in and out, arising and passing. Staying with that, the sensations, and really tuning in, focusing in on the fact, the experience of the change, the fluctuation, the impermanence. Constant change. attention up to focus similarly on the sensations in the face, feeling into, tuning into all the sensations that are present in the face. And again, really interested, really tuning into deliberately their impermanence their changing nature. Mindfulness is very present, but also relaxed. You don't have to pressure 
the awareness to see a particularly fast rate of change, just seeing whatever change presents itself, whatever rate of change presents itself. Just tuning into that. Letting the attention move, directing the attention to some other part of the body, wherever you may feel some sensations. Perhaps itching, perhaps heat or warmth or cold, perhaps tingling, perhaps pressure whatever it is, wherever it is, tuning in, feeling it directly and noticing the change, 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 flickering, fluctuating, waving. watching the show of change, of impermanence. Now, is it possible to expand the awareness just a little bit to embrace, to include the whole body, a global sense of the whole body, and in a way the totality of the sensations in the body, just opening up the attention in that way. 
sensations dancing, appearing, disappearing in the whole body, tuning in to impermanence, anicca, change. Just however it presents itself, however slowly or quickly things move, things change. be a field of flickering sensations, like fireflies. Bands of pressure moving, pulsing. seeing is it possible to stay connected with the whole body and the changing sensations in the whole body but opening the awareness out even further to include sounds sounds from inside the room, sounds from outside the room, and just like sensations appearing, disappearing, changing, coming into and out of existence. Body sensations and sounds, impermanent, tuning in to that impermanence.
impermanence. Impermanence. Keeping your eyes closed, slowly moving your hand up in front of your face. Slowly opening the eyes and moving the hand. Impermanence. Change in the visual field. Seeing the change. The change is the thing that we're interested in. And closing the eyes and moving the hand back down. And opening the eyes again. Maybe nothing is moving. There's some awareness of change, change. What's changing? And closing the eyes again. bodily sensations and the field of bodily sensations. And the second contemplation would begin. You notice in that field of bodily sensations that some sensations arising are relatively pleasant, relatively pleasant, and some are relatively unpleasant, and some are relatively kind of neutral in between. So letting the awareness be open, spacious, Seeing if it's possible to feel, to get a sense of when there is some degree of aversion or rejection of unpleasant sensations. We may feel the presence of that aversion, actually feel it in the body perhaps as a contraction somewhere, as 
as attention in some area of the body or the whole body. It might be very subtle. possible to notice that, the presence of aversion and also at times the presence of craving, of grasping the pleasant. How does it feel when there's aversion to the unpleasant and when there's craving to the pleasant? Noticing how that feels reflected in the body primarily. And if when you notice the presence of aversion to whatever degree or craving to whatever degree, is it possible to relax it? to relax the body and relax the aversion or craving. sensitive to aversion and craving and then relaxing it. Is that possible? Again and again and again. Actually over and over becoming aware of it, sensitive of it, to it and then relaxing and then again. Can be gross or subtle or very subtle. It's all good. Developing, developing, partly what we're doing is developing a sensitivity <coughs> to the presence of aversion or craving. <coughs> you usually feel it as a contraction in the body or in the sense of spaciousness, either one, and then relaxing it. Thank you.
does it feel when there's aversion, resistance, craving? How does that feel? Getting familiar with that. And then how does it feel when it's relaxed? Let go of. So we're working subtly here, letting the awareness be bright with this. Another way of going about this second contemplation is really to emphasize allowing, allowing, allowing the sensations. More than mindfulness, really allowing, practicing letting be, letting everything be. We say letting go, what we really mean is letting be. Practice letting the sensations be, allowing them to be, allowing. Whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or neither, allowing, allowing. Opening to allow. to the third contemplation. I 
sustain the attention to the body sensations, either in one part or the whole body. Begin to see, is it possible to see they're coming and going by themselves, coming and going by themselves. If I just look one area of sensation or the whole body in a spacious awareness, they come and go just like sounds come and go by themselves. Can you see? They're all just happening. It's just happening. Just sustain the attention on the sensations and sometimes get a sense of they're just floating there, appearing and disappearing. Is it possible to get a sense of this? Unhooking the identification, seeing them as not me, not mine, They're just happening, it's all just happening. It is not me, it doesn't belong to me. There's no one that it belongs to. Nothing solid that these sensations belong to. possible in the just letting them be there, to have a way of seeing them, not self, not me, not mine. Sustaining the attention on the sensations, but being very light and spacious with that. It's almost like you're just letting them be, leaning back almost from them, and unhooking the normal identification that we have. Whether they're unpleasant, whether they're pleasant, whatever. Just happening not self, not me, not mine.
key for many people with this is relaxing, not forcing it. We're gently encouraging, very gently encouraging a way of seeing, of seeing experience. Sometimes a very, very soft, quiet label, not self, or not me, not mine. can help. Key is relaxing to unhook the identification. it's possible with a spacious awareness to have the same sense, the same way of seeing thoughts just happening, they're just happening not me, not mine just like sounds in a way Again, raising the hand a little bit uh, closer to the face and opening the eyes to look at the hand, the palm of the hand, or the back of the hand. Is that me? Is that mine? Just looking. Simply looking. And closing the eyes when you're ready. 
turning the hand. Just unhooking the identification very lightly, letting go. Things are just happening, not me, not mine. Again, raising the hand to in front of the face. Eyes closed. And suddenly opening the eyes. Who sees? Who's seeing? Just seeing, just awareness. And returning the hand, closing the eyes.
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk much more about this tonight and fill out fill it out and put it into context, etc. Um, and What I would like is uh, for you today to really explore the, these practices that we did and, and play with them, really play with them and experiment with them and find, find your way in. You will probably find that you have a favorite, and that's, that's fine, um, but play with them all a little bit, actually over the uh, coming week even. Um, So just to briefly review now, uh, actually four four approaches we could say. Um, the first one is contemplating impermanence, really tuning in to change and the fact of change. That's uh, when I'm looking at anything, whether it's sensations or sounds or emotions or whatever, thoughts, what I'm most interested in seeing is change, impermanence. That's what I'm tuning into. I'm more interested in that when I'm doing that contemplation than anything else. I'm more interested in that <coughs> than the texture of the experience or whatever. <coughs> so that's the first one. <coughs> the <coughs> second one uh, is... Um, see, these are, some people will know, it's called the three characteristics. <coughs> so impermanence is the first characteristic, anicca. Second characteristic is uh, dukkha, but I'm dividing that in two, two ways of going about it for now. The first is to, first of all, notice that experience has the flavor of pleasant, unpleasant, uh, neither. And then notice that there's usually uh, a relationship with that pleasantness or unpleasantness of experience. And learning to get familiar with what a relationship of aversion or craving feels like and just relaxing that. Just relaxing that. <clears throat> and there's a slight variation on this second one, on this uh, contemplation of Dukkha, which is it's really the same thing, but it's just a slightly slightly different flavor of going about it, is to actually emphasize in the awareness, not so much the awareness or kind of sensitivity, but emphasize allowing. Allowing things to be, allowing uh, things to be pleasant or unpleasant, just allowing. So letting things be, and really emphasizing that. So that, that's what we're doing, just letting things be, allowing, allowing, coming back to that uh, that relationship with things. And the third one is anatta, is uh, <coughs> learning, training to be able to see things as not-self. So the default way of seeing things is a self, as somehow me or mine. And learning actually to see things as, as not-self, with just happening by themselves. Um, 
So you can do this in the walking practice too. All of these you can do in the walking practice as well. Um, <coughs> you're walking and there's body sensations. Same deal. Impermanent. Some we like, some we don't like. Watching the aversion or letting be, etc. Seeing them as not self. Uh, with the visual field as we're walking, which is changing, etc. Um, with sounds. All of that's present in the walking. So it's very uh, portable practice. <coughs> I said at some point um, that what we want is 50-50, roughly, roughly with samadhi and insight practice. So this is now I- introduce sort of formal insight practices and play, play with the balance between uh, samadhi, just collecting, ca- calming, unifying, dropping into that, uh, 50 roughly percent of the time, and roughly 50 percent of the time, these more insight contemplations, practices, meditations. Yeah, so just play with that. Two in one sitting or one walking, do one... No, thank you, Nick. Not necessarily. So it could be that you devote a whole sitting to samadhi or a whole sitting to insight. It could be you just divide it up in in two. You know, you can start with either one. So sometimes I have to start with my samadhi. Not necessarily. Um, Not necessarily. So if you want to divide a sitting in two or... You know, none of this has to be exact. It's all very loose. You know, don't get too... So you could do a third of a sitting, you know, insight, and two-thirds of a sitting. It's okay, you know. Just just generally have a sense of balancing these these two practices, complementing each other during, over the days, in, in whatever way that, that happens. <coughs> Similarly, can these insight practices be changed and combined? Yeah, I'll talk much more about that tonight. I think what I want to say now is just go away and play with it. And I will talk much more, and there'll be a question and answer period tomorrow, which I may even change to later in the day, so you have even more time to play with it and then come back and ask. Um, so yesterday there were some questions, and I feel like I want to respond a little bit, and especially in the light of what I've just given you. So don't go chasing experiences. Okay, it's very easy, and we talk in here, and I, I talk, and you know maybe John talks too about experiences that may or may not happen, and da da da. Someone raises a question, says this or that, but that's not what we're doing here. We're not chasing experiences, so to be very careful because sometimes uh, the mind, without us even realizing it, has gotten into a mode of chasing experiences, of gunning for experiences, of of uh, um, hunting for experiences, and usually it's to measure ourselves with in some way, usually not always. So don't get hung up on on the whole notion of experiences and meditation experiences. We're doing something different here. I've said it many times, I'm going to say it again because it might be, it's quite a, I think for a lot of people, a subtle shift. We're not hunting experiences, we're learning ways of relating to and looking at experience that decrease the suffering. Do, Do you see? We're not hunting experiences, we're learning ways of looking at and relating to experiences that drain at least some of the suffering out, or as much as possible. You know, it's, it's a different thing than, than hunting uh, nice experiences. It may or may not happen, and I wouldn't, uh, to go back to Bruce's question, say they're irrelevant or pointless or anything like that, but that's not what we're actually doing. We're learning a way of relating to experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So have fun with this. Play with it. It's it's uh, you know 
some new toys and um, and and enjoy. When you yeah. say experience, do you mean just anything, moment to moment to moment? Yes, we are learning ways of looking at anything, moment to moment to moment, that uh, that bring more freedom. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I wanted to unpack the word yeah. experience. Yeah, so I guess what I was saying is don't... It was actually partly in relation to something you said last night, and also uh, Nick said, and um, Bruce, that you know, we hear someone else's fantastic meditation experience, and say, oh, I want some of that, and it's, you know, so I'm saying, we're not hunting those kind of things. Per se, what we're doing is in relationship to all experience, moment to moment to moment, as you just said. What Watching the sunset last Anything, absolutely, yeah. Sunsets, prime example of impermanence, isn't it? You know, and then some people report to me after they watch the sunset. Oh, I want it longer, longer, uh, grasping. You know, clinging. You can feel that. How does that feel? What happens when I let it go? You know. Um, so visual, uh, auditory, you know, tactile, whatever. I'll go into all this much detail now. We're talking about. Any experience, moment to moment, any experience, learning different ways of relating and looking at experience yeah? that bring more space, more freedom. Um, when you ask, when we sort of look at a hand and ask who is seeing or what is seeing, yeah. for me that seems different practice to me, not me, not mine. Yeah. So that's, that's a different place. Yes, it is. Um, <coughs> well, um, how did it feel when you did it? In other words, can you articulate the difference for you between those two? Yes, it's sort of... Um, it's like you're looking at the hand and the question sort of puts you in a space of just uncertainty. Okay. And yeah. the watching and experience is more of a just stuff happens and you're watching. So it's. Okay. Um, without really looking at the what's watching, just yeah. letting stuff work. Yeah, okay. I will go into this in much more detail tonight, right? But i just be very, very brief. It's worth repeating because it's, it's, it's not that easy to understand and it's, it's uh, important too. So. There are there's lots of ways of going about all these emptiness practices and and the practice of uh, anatta of letting go of, of self identification. Um, one way that's very popular is who am I or who's doing this or who's who's watching or, or whatever. Um, and oftentimes for people, what that does is, as as you said, it brings a kind of uncertainty uh, up. It brings a space of uncertainty. Um, I think that wasn't actually quite my intention uh, here, but that's that's totally fine. So, on this retreat, I'm not going to. I don't think John is either. But I'm not going to be emphasising that particular practice too much, like who is, and then a sort of uncertainty about knowing. It's it's really fine. It's a beautiful practice, but I'm not going to be emphasising it too much. Um, the other way of doing it is kind of just getting a sense of everything's happening rather than the default. It's it's um, mine or, or whatever. And I'll explain this, this is where it gets quite subtle. If, let's say right now, I have some uncomfortable sensations in, 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 in the legs, um, and usually I take them as me or mine. And then I can see them as not me, not mine, but then the identification tends to go with the watcher and with awareness. So, but relatively speaking, that's a more free state. 
later, we, it's, it's a more subtle thing to let go of the identification with the watcher. So, to be honest, I wasn't really expecting... I mean, we, you never know, but um, we'll talk about getting to that and ways of doing that. So, it's possible sometimes that just someone says that and you, you jolt into a space of, there's just seeing and no, and no seer, so to speak. But, um, does that clarify? Yeah, so that's a subtle point, but, but good, yeah, important. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.